0: Good afternoon Spurs fans and welcome to our latest uh, Football.London Spurs podcast. I'm Tom marshall Whaley. I'll be presenting this afternoon. Uh, Alasdair Gold, Spurs writer, joins us to my left. Hello there. Good afternoon. And Steve Ferruja, Trinity Mirror product man and Spurs fan, is also with us today. Good to be back. Good to be back indeed. Um, we'll, we'll start briefly, obviously the, the main attention turns to, to Ghent tonight and, and putting right last week's awful performance, but we'll touch on Fulham game at the weekend briefly um harry kane just back in the groove generally the team back in the in the groove
1: mm, definitely is, is, is there was a, I only found out today because i must have missed it during the game apparently harry kane's wife uh put out an instagram during the match saying that harry kane's uh i think it's daughter isn't it had, had the first time she'd had a proper sleep during the night the night before so i wonder if that's you know she was saying oh there I you think- go and a hat-trick. So is that the secret? Is that what Spurs have been missing these last four or five matches? Just Harry Kane's daughter sleeping An an awake, Harry Kane. Exactly, yeah. Harry
2: Kane that is actually, yeah, is fully coherent and understanding of what's happening in the world. Well, it was it was good seeing as he was meant to be um, meant to be out for that game apparently, and mm -hmm. then turns out he started and scored a hat trick. Can't do much better than that. No, he was
1: properly dubious after the Ghent match. um, Pochettino that you know he'd had this knock. Uh, Kane, and that he wouldn't start. So everyone was expecting Jensen to start, and clearly, uh, yeah, poor old Vinny's—he's uh, he's, he's not in the plans at the moment. So thank, thankfully, Kane came in and, and did the business.
0: I—I I just felt like at the weekend, it, it, Christian Eriksen as well. There's been a few kind of doubts over his form lately. Kane as well. It was. Threatening to become a bit of a drought if he didn't score in that game, so it was just nice to see a professional composed performance. I mean, we, we spoke last week about the fact that Fulham are, go- are going well in the Championship. Spurs absolutely blitzed them, really.
2: Well, I think I think Fulham played played well, mm. and I don't I don't think the score reflected how well they actually did play. Yeah.
0: But when you when you break it down, how many? Real, really good chances did they have? They didn't look to me like they really threatened the Spurs defence. Plenty of nice interplay on the ball, mm. but. I think with Fulham, they came
1: out of the traps really quickly. The crowd behind them, the crowd had all these little plastic clapper things. The Leicester clappers. Yeah, and they were properly up for it. And obviously, Craven Cottage is one of those real traditional old grounds, you know. Watching Pochettino kind of go across the pitch to get to the dugout and stuff like that, it, it's something different. And Spurs, for the first 10 minutes or so, were a little bit like, ooh, and, and Fulham did really come at them. But it was almost like they just started to settle, and as soon as they hit that groove, they properly moved to another level, which is something Spurs have probably missed in recent weeks as well. It was almost like a, oh, it's almost like a clinical kind of side to them. And um, I think, I mean, you mentioned Ericsson there. I think with Christian Eriksen, it's if Christian Eriksen plays well, Spurs play well. Uh, play well. That's just you know you can probably afford to have other players maybe slightly off the ball, but, uh, off the boil. But if he's off the boil, Spurs just don't look a coherent unit at all.
0: And obviously the Fulham game, we spoke a little bit last week. Um, Kev was on the podcast last week about about Ryan Sessegnon. He certainly enhanced his reputation at the weekend. I think didn't he? Did You see much of him, Steve? Did you?
2: Yeah. So he, when was it? He came on. He came, came on, on quite on, late, the uh, 59th
1: didn't he? minute. And I'm sorry to be incredibly exact. It was only because I did a little <laughs> bit of a scouting report on him. So um, yeah. yeah. No, he, he came on. and did well. He did. Yeah, he yeah. played well. I thought final third, he didn't really contribute much. But yeah. in terms of upping Fulham's tempo and approach, and giving Trippier something to think of in his own half, because I don't know about you, but I thought Trippier had a really good game. He played really well. And as soon as Sessionian
0: came on, he kind of pinned him back a bit. It was quite a clever move, really. It's a difficult one with Trippier at the moment, isn't it? Because where can you play him? He he is coming in and playing so well. Davis has struggled, obviously. And there feels a bit of an imbalance there. It feels a shame that he's not able to get more first-team football. But let's face it, he he isn't Carl Walker. He's not. He's not.
1: But he's he's a different player. He really is. I'd, it's controversial. I think he offers more offensively than Carl Walker. I which agree. is strange in a season where Carl Walker's got about four or five assists. But I still think Trippier, and ironically the man who's probably missed out the most would be Vincent Jensen. I think he would love to get at the end of the crosses that um, Trippier puts in. And in a kind of you know, in a spell where Ben Davies is getting so much flack, some of it unfair, some of it warranted you know Trippier is really kind of showing it it's, it's weird it's another sorry to bring babies into this again but again ever since kind of the, he got over this early period of being the dad and a <clears throat> kid not sleeping through the night which Pochettino said was a kind of an issue for him I think it was December time he's his performance has been excellent he's really pushing it and some people reckon that he might even play tonight with Walker being rested for Stoke which would you know Kyle Walker's one of these he doesn't, Pochettino doesn't like to play him twice in a week, and which should be good news for Trippier. But then obviously, Trippier playing at Fulham, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I think Trippier deserves more chances. But with those two full back Spurs have got at the moment, not many
2: other people are going to get a look in. You say um, Walker's got, got a few assists this season. But I think if Trippier had been playing the number of games that Walker's been playing, mm. I think he'd get more. Mm. I, I think he, he does offer more going forward. But Kyle Walker is the more rounded player. Mm. Um, he's got he, he's he can attack and he can defend. Whereas I think uh, Trippier's not. I guess it's not really a concern because um, when he does have the ball, we're good going forward. So he doesn't really have to get back. Uh, it's ju- it's just a shame that um, that on the left side we don't have a player similar to to Danny Rose which we've spoken about before Mm. as trippier as to to Carl Walker as a natural replacement well
0: obviously Walker there was a link to Barcelona yesterday now I'm not suggesting for a minute that Spurs won't be anything but resistant to to that you know a deal there but is it one of those positions that you'd look at in terms of where Spurs have a key player where actually they might have the ready-made replacement already in place The million dollar question. That is a tough call. I'd say. That's why we pay you the big bucks. Well, well, I'm still waiting for those big
1: bucks. Um, He, I'd say no. I'd say Walker is fundamental to a Pochettino team. I think him and Rose, it's the pace and the athleticism and the never giving up even in the 90th minute. And, you know, you touched upon him being an all round player. Who would have thought that? Not two years ago. Maybe even a year ago. Same well, with Danny like Rose, years? though. Exactly, exactly. They've just come on leaps and bounds defensively. They were always decent going forward, but oh, and he's just signed a contract, you know, was it a couple of months ago. It would take mega money. I think I saw 60 million, and, you know, 60 million for a right-back. That's just... Ooh, I don't... I don't know. Having kind of just raved about Trippier, would people be happy with him as the
2: Spurs' first-team right-back? If... Um, for whatever reason, Walker was out for the rest of the season. I wouldn't be concerned if we had Trippier there. Um, it's I a guess, bigger concern with Danny Rose being out. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but going into next season, I, I don't believe that any of our um, st- well first team players will be leaving. Um, but I I wouldn't be concerned if Trippier. Went on to be first choice, and mm-hmm. the only concern I would have is that right back, um, uh, backup right back. But then, if Kyle Walker Peters is as good as yep. what well, Alistair says he is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you've
1: been in the course. I have, fair. I have. No, he's, he's a definite backup for possibly either side, um, but yeah, oh, I don't know. I don't <laughs> think you could lose Kyle Walker at the moment, I just think he's he's got to be up there as potentially the best is he probably the best right back in the Premier League I'm trying to think of someone I know Arsenal fans would say Bellerin
0: but seriously there aren't <laughs> yeah. there aren't there aren't many others no. I mean it depends if you want to define Azpilicueta as a right back I guess I think he would possibly be up there but again in terms of an all round player mm. you've probably got in Walker someone that's an all rounder whereas Bellerin I would argue Going forward, probably better. Mm. I'd argue as Pellequeta's probably superior defensively. But if you want to blend of the two, as you yep. said, in terms of an all-round player, Car Walker gives you elements of both. Both, and it's I think trip I think Trippier is is so unfortunate in that he's mm. <laughs> wrong
1: time. Yeah, absolutely, right man, Wrong time. And
0: I think you're right about Vincent Janssen as well. I mean, for me, we'll we'll touch on it briefly before going on to again, but. You've got to feel like the writing's on the wall, a little bit for him after Sunday, haven't you?
1: I think so. I think so. It's ah, uh, poor old Vincent. There's so, promise there. His hold-up play is fantastic. He just, unfortunately, at times of season on the ball, it's just it's looked like a donkey. Essentially, playing football for the first time
0: because donkeys do play a lot of football. <laughs> and um, ultimately, he's going to be judged on goals, and that it is it's the, the you know the was it five goals, all penalties. Um.
1: And, you know, Pochettino's kind of now talking about he's got to show more in training. And that's probably the most worrying thing for me. You can you can argue in games, yeah, fair enough. But if you're trying to force your way into the team and you're not doing it on the training ground, Pochettino will
0: absolutely cut you off. I I thought that was fairly a fairly damning assessment. That, that, to me, felt like the beginning of the end, really. To, to be that vocal about it.
2: Yeah, well, you see... The players that that have showed potential over the last couple of seasons under Pochettino, but you hear that they haven't been performing in training and they've been shipped straight out. You you look at the likes of Capu, uh, um, okay. and he he is a good player. He's showing at Watford. That he's a good player, but apparently he wasn't showing on the, in training, so he was straight out. The only kind of thing I'd
1: say for him is that he did say similar about Sissoko. Early in the season, and that was a training comment as well. And then Sissoko went on to have a little bit of a run of games because he backed it up a bit. But
0: well, yeah. look at look at Ronald Koeman's comments on Barkley. I mean, that yeah. that was probably the ultimate kind of man management within you know actually using the press as a vehicle to Dude. to get more more out yeah. of it. Get him. playing properly before he moves to Spurs in the summer It was a good uh, good idea. <laughs> yeah, bump the fee up. It's felt it felt like. Maybe frustration spilled over a little bit after those two defeats as well. And maybe Jansen's been caught in the crossfire a little bit. Could be. He was very defensive after
1: again. He really was, which, I mean, he can be. He can be put in. If you ask him about, don't ever ask him about team selections, essentially. That's a a no-go. He will come down and you say, oh, that's your opinion. I'm the manager, you know, you don't see what goes on behind the scenes. But I asked him about the confidence of the players and he was all there's nothing wrong with a confidence and I was kind of talking about just confidence in front of goal and he was very defensive about it which yeah was unusual whereas obviously after Fulham after a victory he was it's quite funny because the Fulham uh, where you have a press conference is actually in the middle of a cafe and it perfectly suited his demeanour because he was so laid back it was like a weight had come off his shoulders they'd come back scoring again and he was laughing and joking and uh, yeah don't don't cross Pochettino I think Paul Vincent
0: Attention turns to tonight what do they it sounds obvious what do they need to put right they need to score at least at least one goal to take it to extra time and, and let's hope more um, but last week was so disappointing everything around it there was so as you say it was so much negativity um, Pundit slamming the team selection that's going to be quite crucial tonight I know that Potts has been quite defensive about talking about the team selections but that felt like the first time in a while where he he got it wrong, and I think he would
2: probably admit that, yeah, I think Dembele came out and said that they just completely um underestimated Ghent yeah and it it showed with the with the selection and just with the performance and you, you've got to think Ghent won the league a couple of couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and um they finished in what was it a third last season, so no mugs no they're not, and they 've done better than us over the last couple of years, so. Obviously, in a poorer league, but
1: it's, it's a funny one tonight. They've, they've. I think the Fulham thing was the best thing that could have happened to Spurs. Fulham game because <laughs> they woke up essentially, and Pochettin, I think it was yesterday. He said about he could tell within fifty seconds whether Spurs were going to
0: do well or not in a match,
1: and he knew that Liverpool again and, and as well. Were and they,
0: you, sorry, I was just going to say, were you slightly surprised? how strong the selection was given that the Ghent game's coming up and then there's a quick, fairly quick turnaround to Sunday. I know obviously it's worked but prior to the game playing a lot of those first teamers that you'd expect to be involved tonight and against Stoke do you think it was a little bit of a gamble? Possibly but from what he seems to be saying the players were desperate
1: to play, yep. they wanted to put it right. And I think maybe as a manager, when you see that kind of you know intensity, maybe in the players' eyes or what they're saying, you, you let them do it. And clearly, it did work. And it does. I don't know. I think the same players are going to go out again. Yes, what it means for Stoke at the weekend is going to be a you know a hell of a physical battle in the old cliched terms, but it is. It's yeah. There's going to be some tired players because I think they're going to have to give it
2: all tonight. Could it be the the competition as well itself? It, it was the FA Cup on Sunday, so. Maybe some more of the players were more up for it than the Europa, and maybe the come down after um, being knocked out of the Champions League and dropping down to the Europa, maybe that had an impact. Possibly, but then you've got players like Mr. Dembélé, who I didn't think played well on the day. He's Belgian. It's going back
1: to Belgium, <laughs> you know. If you're not going to perform in front of you know the crowd of your homeland, as it were, then something's not right. Who, who would be in your starting eleven tonight? Then? I would rotate a couple, and I know that's a bit controversial, but I don't think Jan Vertonghen will be able to play three games in a week after coming back from his ankle injury. And I'd say, give Wanyama a rest. Let's go for it. Let's absolutely go out and play Winks and Dembele. Dembele didn't start against Fulham. Get those two in the centre. Ericsson Ali, and Son behind Kane. Have bring Dyer back in alongside um, Alderweireld. Trippier Walker, that's the tough one. I, pro- I think as Trippier started, I think it's going to be Walker. Um, yeah, just go for him. Absolutely. Why Why not? So it's, you know, if we're going to go out, go out in a blaze of, well, crapness, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: the thing with Winks last week, it just just didn't really happen for him. But I think when you've got the flat back four, you've not got Rose and, and Walker pressed up as a high. Mm. You've got Davis, who is naturally after that Liverpool horror show going to be quite reticent to get over the halfway line you four because of that imbalance I feel like Winks is pivotal to that Spurs midfield as a result because I just think with Wanyama and Dembele inclined to Dembele breaks obviously but I think a player that can actually get you moving through the lines with the ball I think that is pivotal when you've not got those two wing-backs that are constantly up and down, up and down. I just think Spurs have looked too deep against Ghent mm. and against. And you, you'd, you, you, What you want is you want Son getting into the channels and, and making angles for Davis to play the ball down the line. Obviously, in Gent, that was Deli Alli and his, he was inclined to move central. Davis didn't want to go on the overlap. So... I, I just feel like Winks has got. I think I feel like he's got to start tonight.
2: Yeah, I I've, I've, um, obviously he didn't didn't really perform last week in Ghent, but at the weekend he played he played really well, and we've seen him throughout the season playing really well, whether he started or whether it, it's been um, sort of in a cameo in the last twenty minutes, half hour of the match. I can see him starting a few games over the next few weeks. Um, I think he'll play well alongside either Dembélé or Wanyama. We saw that it didn't work when all three of them played together. I'm sure they can get over that if they tried it again, um, just just because of the match and the other players that, that are playing. But I, yeah, I, I think I think he'll start. I reckon it will be alongside Dembélé.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people compare him to, which is ridiculous because it's so early to Luka Modric. I'm more inclined to go with Carrick. I think that's more his function: is to sit in front and just spray those passes around. I mean, his passing accuracy is ridiculous; it's like ninety-six percent almost every game. And that's—I'm
0: inclined to agree. I don't think he's got the same kind of—I don't know if I'm creating a word here—nimbleness almost that Modric I like that has. Word. I think if it's not a word, it should be a word. There we go. Yeah, great. Yeah. I'm glad we're in agreement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I—I I think long range, short range. When he came on against Liverpool, I thought there was an injection of energy mm. about the team all of a sudden. It had been lethargic from minute one at Anfield, to be honest with you, but I, I just felt like all of a sudden there were balls down down into the channels, into Kane's feet, which just weren't there. Wanyama and Dembele were completely suffocated by that Liverpool midfield. I just felt like he was finding space well, picking up the ball, giving it off quickly. And that's what I think Spurs... Spurs need they need to get on the front foot tonight and they need to get an early goal and I think if they do get an early goal you'd imagine it would be, a, would be a fairly comfortable night
1: I think so I think with Winks you need your conductor to be in the middle don't you and with Ericsson he can be off on the right sometimes and you know he is the chief creator and with Winks you just have that little extra kind of hub that axis for your, your midfield and uh, I like him I think it's a really good the potential is enormous with him, really.
2: I don't, I don't know if you agree, but it was, it was sort of highlighted around the weekend with Fulham um, that Scott Parker was a mentor to him when Parker mm. was at the club, and I, I can see Parker in in Winks's play definitely. Yeah, tigerish. Yeah, yeah, you can see that. That's that is the good thing about
1: him. He's not only creative; he's got that hard edge as well. It's tough. To, only a little guy, but he's tough to knock off the ball. I think Pochettino said that was the thing that most impressed him in the summer that he came back
0: kind of and he really worked on his physique and his strength and it, it shows. You went to the under twenty threes the other night. That yes. feels like a natural kind of mm. uh, place to, to move on to and Paulo Lopez's performance particularly caught your eye, rather surprisingly.
1: Yeah. I was it was one of those where I turned up at the game and I thought, Oh, his Marcus was gonna get a go, you know, that was what I was kind of looking for. And then he wasn't in the squad, but then I saw Paulo Lopez. I thought, oh this is a chance to finally see what Essentially Pochettino, I must see. Because, you know, he's brought in this guy on loan from Espanol. Hasn't played a minute of first-team football. And it's one of those where kind of fans are thinking, oh, what was the point? But i tell you what, he, he was class. He was really, really good. His handling on a tough night, windy conditions, was excellent, and he pulled off... Oh, and I, I really can't kind of over-egg this enough. One of the best saves I've seen live in a football match. Stunning. And uh, this um, Sunderland striker whose name completely escapes me. I think it was Ostomar Osaka. He, loose ball, eight yards in, uh, eight yards out in the box, smashed it, not properly caught hold of it, caught a defender's leg, flicked up, was just about to creep inside the right-hand post, and Lopez, from nowhere, sprung full length and clawed it out from behind, just, well, not quite behind the post, but almost as it was about to cross the line. Seaman Pesca solido esque I've not seen it personally. I'm not I'm not going down an Arsenal route. Uh, there's <laughs> no comparisons there, surely. But um, he, it was fantastic, and it had every. I mean, there was about a 500 strong crowd at Stevenage Stadium. Everyone clapping like mad. All the Sunderland people that made the, the trip uh, down. It, it was fantastic, and it kind of gave me. A lot more hope that you know because there are rumours that Vorm, despite signing a contract, is going to go in the summer.
0: Um, and, and suggestions that Paul Lopez is. You know, set set for a deal with Spurs as well beyond beyond this summer. I get so. that
1: impression. I get that impression. I remember ages ago when I asked um, Pochettino about um, Loris and Vaughan's new contracts and what that meant for Lopez, and he said, "Well, he's one for the future." I was like, "Clearly, Spurs' future by the sounds of it." And yeah, after finally actually seeing him in action, I'm f- yeah, I, th- I think there's a play
2: there. I yeah, I reckon. Um Vaughan is, is great back up mm. to Lloris and when he's played he's played well this season um, Wickham um, I think the whole team <laughs> struggled that though
1: didn't they? That, that's a tough one yeah. to just pin on, on him I think that was, that was probably if there is one shaky performance that was it but no, I always go back to Liverpool early in the season he was magnificent yeah.
2: and we, we've seen we know how good Lloris is but we've seen him have, have bad games as well mm. and uh, this season, so I don't think the the one game is anything to, to pick up on. But I I, I think Vorm is good enough to be starting at most Premier League teams, yeah. so I, I I could see him leaving in the summer for 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 a little bit of money and um, us getting Paul Lopez in permanently. It's got that decision to make, hasn't
1: he, Vorms? Whether he becomes the Brad Friedel, sticks around as a bit of a mentor figure, or whether he has a bit more time as a first choice keeper
0: let's be honest about it as well given some of the complaints this season of a lack of competition beyond the first 11 as you said last week you can pretty much name the Mm -hmm. the starting 11 bar a couple of names possibly having that competition in the goalkeeping department can only help Larissa's shown not regularly but the Man City game you know hopefully those will be the two errors of his game completely out of the way now but Having that increased competition is something across the board that Spurs require, so it can only be a good thing, can't it?
1: I think so. I think the Loris is very similar to the Kane situation in that he's so far ahead. He is, you know, you could argue probably our main world class player, Hugo Loris, and it's Vorm is never going to break in front of him. Lopez, though, I think he's 22. He's got that. He's got the time. You know, to kind of properly bed in, he could be a fantastic goalkeeper that could challenge him as Loris gets a bit older and you know and, and starts to starts to dip as he will, as all goalkeepers do and all players do. But
2: yeah, no, I think that's that's healthy. That it's healthy for the club. Yeah, I think in in past years uh, we haven't really had the the backup keeper there, and Loris has had a fair few games out, whether it's through mm-hmm. injury, through illness. It's he's had a, a few games out this season and, and enough enough opportunities for Vaughan to come in, and I think that's something where well, we've lacked in the past. So it, it's it's a good thing for Spurs. And hmm. I Sterling impressed the other night. Just
0: a, just a quick word on the under twenty threes. Uh,
1: yeah, he did. He did. Uh, he's only eighteen, um, very young player. I think that was his f- one of his few under twenty three starts this season. Um, and he did well. He did play well. He's got a bit of a physical side to him, like we were saying about Winks earlier. He's, he can hold. I mean, it's interesting because he was playing alongside um, uh, Shiloh Tracy, a young kid that came from Ebbsfleet a couple of seasons back, and Shayon uh, Harrison, who's gone to Yeovil on loan, but obviously they let him come back for the Premier League two games. And Sterling stood out over both the others. Bearing in mind, Harrison's, I think he's a year older, and obviously he's playing League two football, albeit from the bench. Yeah, Sterling stood out. It was a good goal, a bit of a poachers' effort. Kind of, We were saying about how good uh, Pat Lopez was. The Sunderland keeper lost the ball on the edge of his own box and got tackled by a Sterling, who just popped it home. One thing I'd say is he's got to work on his clinical side. That kind of... Like when you watch Harry Kane go through, you know one-on-one it's likely to end up on the net. With Sterling, you're not there yet with him. He missed two in the match that he could have put away and in the under 18s game against Leicester a couple of weeks ago he missed about three one on ones that's his one downfall but he's certainly a, a potential talent and you went to the under 18s you had a busy week on, I have. The, on the youth team front I have I've been yeah seeing the future of Tottenham Hotspur um, yeah they um, played Swansea they absolutely dominant actually it was 4-0 that one um, some good performances one player in particular just seems to always catch my eye for the under 18s Samuel Shashua which uh, is very difficult to say if you've had a couple of beers, which I haven't
0: had today. I should point out. Um, thanks for yeah. the clarity. On yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just suddenly worried <laughs> there, so that I was drunk on a podcast. Um, and he said you don't want to be playing a fiver at Wembley for the courtesy, do you? Exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> but now he's tiny, tiny player. You know, he's. Um, I'm not going to say Messi-esque, because that's just far too big to put on a kid, even though... And we'd have to end the podcast immediately. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm not going there. I'm talking about (laughs) size-wise, he is very, very small. But he's just got that funny kind of low centre of gravity thing where he just dances past players. And he was involved in all four goals, scored, scored, uh, I think it was the fourth one himself... And he had this one moment where he just got past four players and just cracked this shot from outside the box, which smashed the off the crossbar. It was just a kind of this little, like, ooh. I think everyone was around like, like, hello. And he's just, yeah, just sometimes a player kind of just jumps out to you as the potential. And I'm sure Marcus Edwards, you know, has done that in in youth games in the past as well. But, you know, I remember that name, Samuel Shashua. It's uh, it's not hard to forget. But um, (laughs) I think he's going to be some player.
0: Folks, on tonight, we'll just um, quickly talk about Stoke at the weekend on Sunday um, because we won't have another podcast before then. Um, Do you expect the Thursday Sunday thing to impact on selections this weekend?
1: I think it's going to have to. I mean, Pochettino is claiming that he can, you know, someone asked him yesterday about whether he can put out his strongest team twice a week, every week until the end of the season. And he's just plays this squad card every time. Um, you know, my squad is good enough. If, you, if, you, if you're a Tottenham Hotspur player, you're capable of playing whenever you're needed for Tottenham Hotspur. But his comments belie that. Exactly, exactly. Um, I think there's going to have to be changes. Like I say, I can't see Vertonghen, uh playing three games. I can't see Walker playing two in a row if he plays tonight. Dembele, you know, he's one of these guys that, you know, you don't know whether he can play two games in a week. I think he's going to have to. And it's. You don't want to be
0: playing Stoke if you're putting out a reshuffled team. What is the latest on Danny Rose, by the way, to our knowledge?
1: Danny Rose, it's uh, a number of weeks, was the phrase used. It's his medial collateral ligament in his left knee, which has been damaged. Uh, yeah, I think he's another one. We've had a few this season where Pochettino's kind of. And I think he's been burned by this, this is why he's been a bit vaguer nowadays, of saying, like, oh, it's not too bad. And then it's kind of got worse and worse with, with Eric Lamella being the kind of biggest kind of name in that respect, and he's still no still no end date in sight for him either. But with Danny Rosie, I think someone tried to ask him whether he'd be back for the England match, and he was like, well, pulled a bit of a face, and was like, I can't tell you, but have only reading from a scrunched up face I just thought that didn't even sound and that was also that a month away, I think, the England game. Doesn't sound particularly promising, does it? It really doesn't. So if you don't like
2: Ben Davies, I'm unfortunately you're gonna to have to get used to him I think. I was quite pleased with um quick return. Mm. I wasn't wasn't expecting him to be around at the weekend, but please it is. I don't think he'll play tonight, but I reckon he'll be back for the Premier League. He played well against Fulham. Came yeah. straight in as yeah. if he hadn't been away. A left field one. Mm. I'm just gonna put it out there. Go for it.
0: Could and I, I know that the ankle injury problem um, kind of hampers Potch a little bit in how he, he goes about organising the left-hand side of that defence. But could Vertonghen, given that Davis is... is, is it's almost like, in some respects, a Davis, Dyer slash Vertonghen, Toby back three with Walker almost slightly pushed on a little bit in a bit of a lopsided formation, mm-hmm. you could argue, from, a, from an attacking perspective... Is there an argument to say that Tongan could play as the left back? Or, I know he's not been in the team recently, but could Kevin Vimmer play there? I, I know that you said that some of the criticism of Davis has been a little OTT. Um, but uh, there is criticism. I wouldn't put Kevin Vimmer near
1: a left, book, left back slot if you were going to give me a hefty check, quite frankly. He's. Jan? Jan Tongan can play there. I remember his kind of rampaging down the left in the bail days. He can do it. That is seriously the ultimate snub to Ben Davies, though, isn't it? So is <laughs> you say, yeah, I know you're supposed to be a left back, but actually I'm going to use a central midf- uh, central defender because you're not good enough. Uh, I'd, I'm loath to break up that uh, Alderault Vatongan partnership. I think it's one of the best around. Uh, but I can definitely see it, and I think he may use it certainly within games. Maybe not starting games, but you can certainly push him out there. Uh, I just think it's a slight waste of his
2: talents. Steve, I would like to see it, but yeah, as you say, I don't think Ben Davis would like that. Uh, I'm not not too sure on the whereabouts of Kevin Vimmer, but um... <laughs> could, could could you in theory swap Davis and for over? I know, I know
0: that a lot of the problems that stemmed against Liverpool came through the centre. So, it, in some respects, you could argue that does that really solve that issue? But he, you know, he looked admittedly as part of the back three. But is it something to is it is it something to potentially experiment with? Davies doesn't get in at centre back ahead of Dyer.
1: That's the thing with that, though, you know, and that's unfortunately probably which. Something that means you're not going to have that balance because Dyer likes to play on the right of the defence, Aldo Arad likes to play on the right defence, and yeah, unfortunately, I think Dyer is always well, not unfortunately, because I, I'm torn on Eric Dyer in defence. I don't think it's his best role, I don't think he's as bad there as people want to make out, but i, I think he seems back to be living up to his name recently, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. I think he's. Uh, I think yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens now if he sticks with a
2: back four, Bertazzino with Vertonghen back. What happens to Dyer? It could be an option now that Vertonghen is back. Um, I, d- I don't think if Vertonghen and Davis are on both on the pitch, I don't think that Davis will be um, at the uh, centre. Oh. Yeah, in the uh, centre back. But I, I could see Dyer returning to. The, uh, defensive midfield role potentially if, if Wanyama isn't playing and if Dembele can't manage all, all the games Dyer and Winks around there or even if Dembele is playing um, if he's a bit further forward perhaps plenty to
0: ponder oh. um,
2: just well I say finally penultimately because I
0: will get your, your score lines before we, we round oh, not off. a
1: prediction no. <laughs> it's coming
0: it's coming Alice There, it's coming um, just very quickly Millwall quarterfinals final ever FA Cup tie at the White Hart Lane as we know it so sad
1: it really is so sad I probably wouldn't have picked Millwall to be honest no offence to Millwall but as the final one you probably would have wanted a bigger game to send it off in the competition I know there's all this kind of fan stuff as well oh you know their fans are going to be trouble I'd, I'd hope that's not the case because that would really mar the last FA Cup game there but it's in terms if you're looking at it on paper it's a great chance for Spurs to get into the semi-finals
0: yeah,
2: and I I think that we will have another strong strong team out as we did with Fulham. It's the final cup game at the lane um, and that chance to return to our second home of Wembley. Obviously, before this, well, even this season, we haven't had too, too good of a record at Wembley over the last couple of years. So I think we've got the experience this season of playing there. Hopefully we'll get a win tonight. Um, and hopefully as long as we get past Millwall we'll we'll have a good chance especially as it would be one of United Chelsea or Arsenal it'll It'll be Arsenal it's nailed on semi-final Spurs-Arsenal shades of
1: 91 well let's hope so hopefully not 92 not 92 no no definitely 91
0: quickly then gents Um, scorelines for tonight Al is there
2: 3 oh, 1 on the night. A golf again. <laughs> Interesting. I, I think that the crowd tonight will, um, will really get behind the team. It's another another sellout. Who would have thought a sellout in the Europa League against Ghent at it's Wembley? It, obviously, the price has really helped, which you've got to give credit to the club for that. Um, it hasn't helped West Ham, though, has it, Bill <laughs> I think 2 0.
0: I'm inclined to agree 2-0 or 3-0 I can't see him conceding personally I think it may be similar um, and I got I got mocked at the time for my prediction of the Aston Villa FA Cup game a lot of people on our desk said no they're going to blitz <laughs> them and I said no I can see it being one of those games where they have to wear them down a little bit I mean Ghent are going to try and play on the counter there's, there's yep. no denying that and it's going to be up to Spurs to pass the ball quickly get a good tempo going from an early stage but I think once the first goal goes in I think that will be the key um, and, get, and then going to have to come out and I, I, I can't look past Spurs tonight I
1: think you've hit the nail on the head I think it's the early goal I think
0: that was what with with Fulham you know the,
1: the goal came earlier than you'd kind of well I think as early as people wanted and then yeah people calm down people settled down and it's so much Spurs as a calmer team when they kind of profit
0: Brilliant. Um, we, our social media editor Andy Hart will be at, at Wembley um, tonight talking to Glenn Hoddle, Jermaine Genius, and Harry Redknapp um, ahead of the game. They're in the BT Sports studio ahead of the game. So um, if you've got any questions, please fire them over to us ahead of kickoff. Uh, use at Spurs underscore FL on Twitter or even our very own Alas Dergold, at Gold. At their Gold. Yeah, that's me. As simple as that. Um, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll be back next week uh, at some point to preview the Everton game and as well look back on Stoke and this as well. So um, thank you for joining us, and goodbye.